and welcome to the OTP, the one true podcast for fanfiction readers, writers, and lovers. As always, I'm your host and mod, Enthusiasm Girl. Now, I hope that everyone is having a very happy holiday season this year, regardless of which holiday you celebrate. And for our last show of 2015, I wanted to do something a little bit festive. So today's topic is Yuletide, Gift Exchanges, and Secret Santas. I was lucky enough to actually be able to speak to a couple of Yuletide tag mods, uh, Pamaluke and Morbane, and they very generously donated me some time to record with them, despite it being an extremely busy time of year for them, obviously. Um, our conversation was about Yuletide specifically, including their experiences as participants and behind the scenes, but also about my own attempt to run the Daredevil Secret Santa this year, and the wide variety of gift exchanges that exist to help the fanfiction community get into the holiday spirit. So join us today to learn a little bit more about fanfiction's season of giving. I wanted to talk to the two of you a little bit about Yuletide, kind of just to give a primer for our listeners and who maybe aren't as familiar with it, about what it is and how it operates, just to start with. So, Morbane, do you want to start and just kind of tell us a little bit about Yuletide from your perspective? Sure. Um, all right. So, it's a gift exchange, which means that everyone who signs up um, creates a gift and gets a gift, ideally. Sometimes it's not quite that clear cut, but that's a basic idea. And you don't know who is going to be writing your gift and the person you're writing for doesn't know you're their author. And usually it goes around in a great big circle. So it's very unlikely that you and your recipient are the same person. And usually you don't know the person you're writing for. So it's a complete stranger who happens to share fanishness with you. Pamaluk, do you want to add anything kind of to that basic definition? Yeah, I think... It's important to add that you also don't know what the fandom is they are writing in because you give like several options and then you get matched on one of those options, but everything about it is a secret. So it's not fandom specific in in that way. Um, And most of the time you get matched on the fandom that you least expect to be matched. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit later about kind of gift exchanges more generally and how they evolved and happened in fandom, but with Yuletide, the thing about it is that it's massive, right? It's it's very, very big. Do you guys know roughly usually how many it draws? Well, this year it's um, 1,850. Um, and I think it started with a few hundred, but it's gone up um, as high as just nearly 2,000. And, of course, that's the signed-up participants. And then there's sort of everyone who lurks or comments or sort of knows it's happening or pinch hits. So there's kind of an extra crowd. Yeah, how long has Yuletide been going on now? Quite a while, right? 2003 was the first year. Right. Um, and it's AO3 now, but I'm assuming it didn't originate there? Was it LiveJournal? Um, I think it was sort of um, talked about on LiveJournal. Um, the archive that fics were posted to first was called YuletideTreasure.org. Um, unfortunately, neither Pamaluk nor I were actually around at the very beginning of Yuletide. We've come on a bit in later years. That's right. Pamaluk, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. I never even consciously experienced live journal fandom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not from live journal fandom either, but I know that's even today, a lot of gift exchanges kind of happen on live Mm. journals still. Uh, Now, the thing about Yuletide specifically that was interesting to me too is, as you said, you don't know the fandom the person is in. It's Mm multi-fandom, right? Yeah. Um, So that can make it kind of extra fun. But with Yuletide specifically, there's also rules around it has to be only specifically small fandoms, right? That's yes. right. Um, so, Pamaluk, do you want to speak a little bit about why Yuletide decided to do it that way? What's the benefit for everybody of participating in a challenge where you're adding fic to some of these smaller fandoms? Yeah, like Morbane said, um, we weren't around for the start. So I actually have no idea how that happened. It's definitely what attracted uh, me to the whole idea um, is that, you know, there's so many exchanges out there and there a lot of them are fandom specific and those fandoms already have a crowd. So 
while it's great to have gifts for that, um, I personally think it's really awesome that there's this fest uh, festival really for fandoms that normally don't get the chance to be part of this. Um, and I think it's a similar feeling that's why it got started this way so i mean because it's meant to be for smaller mm -hmm. fandoms that does make it more complex to organize yes because you guys are tag mods yeah um and what does that entail in terms of the initial setup of yuletide every year oh boy um well um because every year people can only officially request and offer to write um a specific pool of fandoms that pool has to be created, and it's created anew every year by people's nominations. So in the nomination period, I might ask for uh, a Mercedes Lackey book um, or a song or um, a movie, and I'd put my choices in, and then several other thousand people would put their choices in, and we go through and check for eligibility because, um, as you mentioned, smallness is a factor, and we count that by how many six exist already on particular platforms and we check for spelling <laughs> and even when people spell the same thing correctly sometimes they'll write it in a slightly different way with different punctuation and the system has to be taught to recognize that two things that are slightly different are actually the same thing and that's quite intensive I mean Pamela do you remember how many nominations we had this year? I think it like, oh it was definitely more than 4,000. Mm. Oh wow so is that nominations like in terms of people nominating or is that just actual nominations individually from... That's fandoms. Oh, that's fandoms. The number that we get out of that is the number of individual choices submitted by users. So it could be 5,000, but it could be only 2,000 actual fandoms because 1,667 people submitted three things each. So you only accept fandoms that have been nominated, yep. regardless of if it's small. If it wasn't nominated, then it will have to wait till the following year, right? That's right. So I'm assuming that you get people who maybe don't participate in Yuletide as the actual challenge, but who nominate because they lurk and they want to read fix in a particular fandom, yes? Yep. Yeah. We don't encourage people to, but we don't, um, but we don't, you know, seek out people who do this and try and stop it because it is nice to have the enthusiasm. Yeah, and also life happens like um there, there's been a year that i was uh, definitely nominating and then um life happens and i didn't have time to participate and i didn't know that beforehand so if you mm. are going to you know be angry at people who do that that's very much i think against the spirit of your time yeah for sure i mean i'm assuming that you want as many people participating and I mean, so there's other ways to participate as well. So you can you can be a part of the nomination process. You can choose to be a person who's actually accepting the challenge to fill a prompt for someone. Mm -hmm. But Yuletide also has other traditions as well, things like treats, or you can offer to pinch hit, correct? Um, a pinch hitter is a writer who comes along when someone has said, okay, I thought I, I signed up, I thought I could do this, I can't, sorry guys, I can't write my assignment. And they default on their assignment and they release it back into the wild. And we then send out um, the call saying, okay, we need someone to write this. And that's when the pinch hitters come in. Right. And then treats are if people want to write additional things. Yeah. So that's above and beyond, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to be like um, an of official participant to write a treat. Uh, there's a lot of people who... Um, are not sure when signups are happening, if they will have time or not. And then they, they decide, you know, if I have time, I will write a treat for someone. Um, if I find, find a prompt that speaks to me. So there's a lot of people who are like um, participating, not to receive gifts, but just for the pleasure of giving nice fix to people. Right. And for the record as well. So this, this podcast, um, we're recording it obviously a little bit earlier, but the intention is to release it on the 22nd. All right. So what is the deadline for treats for Yuletide for anyone listening who's interested in that? Well, approximately around Christmas Day, because you can write treats right up to reveals. And then there's even an extra collection called the Madness Collection, which is open one further day. Um, Usually it's for um, smaller works because there's a 1,000 word minimum limit for um, stories in the main collection. 
but you can also put extra stories there. Right. And and people can do that through Archive of Our Own. Right. Um, so we'll make sure that we put a link up for right. that as well with the show in case people are curious and they decide that they want to go and do mm-hmm. that. And because it is a secret Santa, right? So a lot of, there's a lot of secrecy around who you're writing for and what prompts you may get. There is a period as well, even after the fills are posted, right, where the authors are not revealed. That's correct. There's a week um, between Christmas and New Year in which all the stories are available to read, but the authors show up as anonymous. What do you think the advantages are of that for people in fandom? What's the reasoning, do you guys think, behind maybe having that week where you don't know who's writing the fic? I think people like it, that fics are being judged on their merit, and that you know that if people like it, it's really because they like the fic. And also, you know, I'm sorry, I've been really into Miss Fisher um, the past few days, so I like the sleutness of it, like trying to figure out if you know them, um, <laughs> if you've read something by them be- before. Um, as an author, I always reply uh, anonymously uh, to comments uh, and leave little hints, just for fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's fun to be secretive sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to say, I mean, in a small, small fandom like that, sometimes you would assume that people might be able to guess the author. But I feel like with Yuletide, you probably get a lot of authors who are first time writers in that fandom. Like, I know I signed up for Yuletide this year and because I couldn't write any of my normal fandoms, it really it made me think about fandoms I might write that I never would have thought of. So some fandoms like I'm normally a Daredevil MCU writer, but I did obviously offer to write comic book fandom so some are not too far off but there's a couple fandoms I offer to write that I thought you know nobody in that fandom would know me I'm a first-time writer there mm-hmm. so it, it probably encourages I think some people to stretch a little bit as a writer do you think oh yeah oh, absolutely. and there's lots of um people who yeah I mean my second Yuletide um I completely panicked on the fandom I matched on but luckily my recipient had also asked for a single book that was in my library so I end up writing her a story for that instead. Um, and I would never have read it if it hadn't been on her prompts. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, because you get multiple prompts, right? Like I got a few different prompts for different things. Um, and some of them I had no idea what they were. And a couple of them matched with me. But I had some options. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely the same. And yeah, it's sometimes, you know, for the past couple of exchanges, I always offered like one fandom that I knew would be a challenge. But I offered it anyway, and I always get matched on that fandom. So last time I had to write for um, Jane Austen, and I had never done anything like that before. And I wrote a pistolary fic, and I was so proud that I, you know, dared to do it. Well, you know, it probably makes people who are even peripherally not participating in Yuletide at all, but who are in those smaller fandoms, very happy. Yeah. Right? Because it flux into their fandom as well for them to read. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm uh, um, in a lot of small book fandoms that only get sick in Yuletide. And even if it's a year that I'm not doing anything or receiving in that particular book fandom, it's always great that, you know, you know somebody is going to request it and that somebody is going to write it um, that time of year. And it's always great. Now, I wanted to ask how you guys got involved in volunteering for Yuletide, because I'm assuming you started out as participants. So we'll start with you, Morbain. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you came into Yuletide and then how you ended up doing all this work as a tag mod? Um, Sure. Um, my first year was 2010, um, and actually a, a real-life friend of mine said, hey, you used to do fan fiction, you should do this thing, it's right up your alley, and it was, it was great. And I forget which year, over 2011 or 2012, I saw that various people were doing organisational things on the general community, um, putting organising nominations, putting up um, beta reading posts, and... Um, I just sort of thought, I can do that. So I started doing that. Um, and I got to be part of the um, tag mod and assistant moderator team because I noticed that when pinch hits were sent out, it's actually quite difficult to do um, in terms of data entry and just formatting the text because you can't copy um, off archive our own all that easily. And I thought, oh, wait, I bet I could figure out how to do this in an automated way. And so I contacted the, um, the new mod team. I said, I think I could do this. And they went, great, you know, come hang out with us. And actually, it, I couldn't learn Python and figure out how to do the thing, but I found someone else who could. <laughs> um, 
So that was slightly false pretenses, but it was a sort of general attitude of, um, oh, there's a thing that needs doing. I bet I could do the thing. And uh, Pemeluk, what about you? What's your journey been like um, with Yuletide? So like you've heard, uh, I'm not a native speaker. So my journey, like I came into fandom really late. Um, I was always on message boards and forums and things like that, but I didn't really understand that there was a whole world in English fandom out there. And um, then some way I did, but I've always been really, really hesitant um, about trying out these community type things. I'm pretty shy, but some way I became a tag wrangler and I was a student, so I had lots of time. So I tag wrangled all the things. And um, one of the new mods is also a tag, tag wrangler. And they were like, oh, you have time. <laughs> Could you help us on the technical side of Yuletide? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I became a tag mod who had no idea what like participating in Yuletide was like. I had read a lot of fic and I had seen a lot of people being frantic and stressed about it, <laughs> but I had never dared to try it myself. So I became tag mod first and then, you know, I couldn't call myself a tag mod if I didn't do the actual Yuletide thing. So then I Yuletide it as well. And I've never looked back. Do you guys still find the time to participate in the challenge in addition to being tag mods? Absolutely. You um, just, you know, go for it. <laughs> honestly, I'm, okay, so I'm participating in Yuletide, but um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit as well about gift exchanges generally, because I did a similar thing to what you were saying, Pamaluk, of kind of diving in without really knowing what you're getting into, because I'm running the Daredevil Secret Santa this year. And this is mm -hmm. my first year ever participating in any challenge in fan fiction, like across the board. Um, I used to just kind of be reader and writer, so uh, but not like in the fandom. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this year I got into Daredevil fandom and I had my first ever kink meme that I participated in. And then because <laughs> I'm me, I was like, well, I don't know anything about it, but I could run a challenge. <laughs> uh. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's very, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't think about when it comes to these types yeah. of challenges. Um, cause it's a lot, right? How, how many people would you say are there working behind the scenes in Yuletide? Do you know? Well, um, the Tagmod team is somewhere around, I loved 15 this year, I think. Yeah. Assistant mods and Tagmods. Together. Yeah, yeah, definitely somewhere between that. So Tagmod, Tagmoding is off obviously um, the most work intensive because um, everybody is always very impatient um, for it to get through. And um, it's also like uh, the kind of job where you have to be really focused um, because the Utahite crowd, um, while very lovable, is also, you know, very passionate about their fandoms. So um, there's little room to make mistakes, obviously. And also the less mistakes to fix, um, the faster everything goes, of course. So it needs to be fast and it needs to be correct. And um, there are so many nominations. <laughs> I can imagine, right? Because it's, it's so many little tiny fandoms. I mean, I know there was a couple that I was hoping were involved this year because I came in after the nominating process. And next year I'm probably going to participate in the nominations because there was a couple fandoms that I was like, there's no, they're not on here. That's uh, funny. Mm. Um, so next year I'll have to participate in that side of it too, which will be fun. But I, yeah, I can definitely. imagine, I can imagine it's a very big job though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really intense. It's, um, cause Hutsoff and Jen Kalalin, who are the main mods this year, are, are in two different time zones. So you've got to understand that it's like a 24 seven week at least of all chat all the time. You know, it's, it's like this, it's constantly going. You know, you can sign in at any hour of the day or night and everyone is sorting through um, fandoms. And it's always sort of update, okay, we can do this kind now, we can do this kind now, what are we with this? And and lots of data entry about things that are confusing and heaps of Google spreadsheets. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I will say this, there is nothing to me that's more beautiful in fandom than when you get volunteers willing to do boring stuff, right? <laughs> like real work, not fun stuff, not, hey, this is going to be great, but they come in and they do kind of the grunt work and the boring stuff and the stuff that really is a job <laughs> that you're not getting paid for, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you do it because you love it and you want to do something amazing that other fans are going to enjoy. Yeah. Um, similar to writing a treat, right? You're doing something and the reward for you is kind of just 
that sense of doing something for fandom of giving back mm. to something that's given so much to you which is so in the christmas spirit to mm. me um it's why i was interested in yuletide i thought that's so wonderful to go out and promote smaller fandoms to go out and kind of connect people to make them think about things they wouldn't normally write although um one thing i um tag modding is also it's really addictive because yeah. it feels great to be able to approve something and send it through and go yes that wouldn't um, approve that it's, it's like the cookie clicker um of fandom data injury it's like it's like this tiny little rush it's so great to be in the know like mm. you know everybody is wondering what everybody else has nominated and you know <laughs> <laughs> and also um it's great to discover new fandoms because there's a lot of fandoms that have never been on the archive so you have to check if the tags are correct and so you go do research and like this year i just dis um discovered um a really great um, Indian movie and then I listened to the soundtrack on YouTube for like the second part of the tag modding like non-stop it was so awesome <laughs> so you know yeah you discover a lot of new new things and it's great to know um, on the other side of the coin uh, as a tag mod you also have access to like um, who is matched to who and I had to ask to be the tag mod because I'm way too curious and I didn't want to <laughs> mess up the surprise for myself are you ever surprised by how small certain fandoms are? Because I know I was shocked, for example, um, Ant-Man was a fandom that was fully part of Yuletide this year. Which, given that I'm in Marvel fandom and that it's a Marvel movie, you would assume it would be too big by this point. But no, apparently no love for Ant-Man from the Marvel fans. Are, are you ever surprised by how small some things are where you're saying oh my goodness I can't believe that actually qualifies I assumed the minute I saw it no way mm, I know I had that thought while I was tag modding but um, I was tag modding so intensely that you know <laughs> I have no idea about which fandom I thought that I mean the thing actually Guardians of the Galaxy would possibly have been eligible this year too if people had made a somewhat a, you know, a case for it with a few more numbers and that is a bit odd I think yeah, movie fandoms that are slightly disconnected from their main series can often not grow as fast as you'd think they would. And there are also a lot of fandoms in Yuletide where there is a vast quantity of existing fic, but we just decided it was too hard to look in the original archives where it was posted and to count those and to go searching. Um, Yuletide used to have a rule that a fandom might also be disqualified if there was a single fandom exchange, like the one you're running with Daredevil. And we decided not to have that rule anymore, partly because it, again, was too much work for us to try to find. And it also kind of discourages people from using your time to connect with fans to say, let's have a single fandom exchange, which is not the point at all. You know, it would suck to have people go, oh, I could have this great hangout with my fellow fans, but then it wouldn't be eligible for your time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just interesting to me because as I went through the list of all the fandoms, there was a few that I was like, oh, that makes sense. Or, oh, my goodness, I can't believe somebody even wants <laughs> thick in that fandom enough to nominate it. That's interesting. Okay. Or, you know, oh, I didn't know that was a fandom. Uh, but there was other um, fandoms yep. that I was like, I can't believe that's even on the list. Right. And some fandoms, too, where they were there, but when I looked, it was mm. the majority of characters mm. weren't there, mm. but, like, certain characters were there in the fandom, which was really interesting to me. Like, I could write Hawkeye comics fic, but I could only write it about Lucky the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comics have been a tricky thing in the last few years, and I am by no means qualified to speak on comics. Um I, I I spent the last couple of years asking my friends kind of desperately explain comics to me. And then two days later, I'd be like, stop, you tried. I, I can't, no. <laughs> Let's talk about gift exchanges generally, because you did say that there are many fandoms where they will, as with Daredevil, the one that I'm doing, have a exchange of their own, right? Mm -hmm. um, specific to that fandom. And I'm assuming there are also a few other multi-fandom gift exchanges similar to Yuletide out there. I feel like um, with the creation of Arrow 3, I think that has helped people organize multi-fandom exchanges more. They existed beforehand, but I think it makes it a lot easier to organize them. And so I think there's been a small growth of them. I mean, I help run um, and have helped run several um, in the last few years. And I could name quite a few apart from that. Um, 
and I, as, I mean, they do need a certain amount of a certain number of participants to work. I think because mm-hmm. you have to because you know five people multi fandom they kind of have to compromise a lot. But for example, I need my six is one that started on Live Journal and has been going I think for at least five years four. Um, this year, the last two years, there was also Night on Fick Mountain, um, which was an attempt to have a midsummer Yuletide. Um, there's ones that are sort of genre specific, like um, Jukebox, which I run, which is for songs and music videos. Um, and then my friend Rosencrantz um, started a, a fairy tale exchange. And of course, there's Not Ready for Prime Time, which um. again is slightly larger fandoms than Yuletide. Um, which Bridget and Jen um, started a few years ago. So there are a lot out there. There's also thematic ones, like, um, and now my it is going to be on display, but anyway, um, there's the tentacle exchange and mm-hmm. um, for, you know, lovers of tentacles, um, porn or no porn. Um, there's um, the, um, there was a huge poly exchange. There's now also the holly poly exchange for mm-hmm. um, people who like fic, um, where there's a lot of people involved, so you know it's it's not necessarily a specific holiday mm. connection because I feel like there's a lot of exchanges that are um, like now during the holidays. Um, then there's um, was there's trick or treat, which was awesome this year, um, uh, which is a, a Halloween exchange. So there's a lot of holiday um, exchanges, but um, I really enjoy um, the thematic ones as well. Well, that was the question, I think, when I did the Daredevil one that people asked was, okay, are we going to do one that's specific yeah. where it's around a theme around, hey, let's all write Christmas Daredevil stories or let's write something specific? Mm-hmm. But we went more general because our fandom is still growing. But I could certainly see if you're in, you know, Sherlock fandom or a larger fandom that you could mm-hmm. pull something like that off where it's more specific. Um, but yeah, the thematic ones are super interesting to me because I think that there's, again, like with Yuletide with the smaller mm-hmm. fandoms, you're kind of calling attention to a specific trope or thing that for a lot of people, it's really a gift. It really yeah. is a gift because right. it's not something that they get kind of year round, right? Yeah, because I mean, like yeah. now for, um, and I'm going to pimp myself really, really <laughs> bad now, but for this year's Holy Polly, um, I requested King Arthur polyfic, but not for like King Arthur because not no interested, not interested at all in them, <laughs> but for like um, Borg and Dagonet and Verena, who are like really, really minor characters, but requesting them in this kind of thematic exchange is possibly my only chance at ever getting fic for them. So like exchanges really, I think, uh, give a lot of opportunity to request things that you aren't necessarily able to write yourself, but that, you know, you would really, really love to read. And I think they offer a great opportunity for those kind of out-of-the-box thinking, be it tropes or pairings or fandoms that normally don't get that much attention. Yeah, and the nice thing is that um, I know with the Daredevil as well, I felt this way. It's a gift for you, which is great for you that you can have that. But there's probably also other people out there who have had that same <laughs> thought. <laughs> So it's it's a gift for fandom, kind of generally, right? It's a gift yes. for everybody um, to have that. Like with the Daredevil Exchange, I think what okay. was interesting is our our kink meme has been very slow, and I allowed people to direct mm-hmm. link to the kink meme and encouraged people to request kink meme prompts if they had them. So it's not just a gift for the thirty some odd people involved, because most of the prompts they mm-hmm. requested are probably prompts from other people that they posted on the meme. And it means that for a very slow kink meme where you're getting one or two stories a day, the day after Christmas, 30-some-odd fix that are from older prompt posts that maybe people thought wow. everyone had oh. forgotten about are going to drop wow. on the meme, right? So it's kind of a, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's kind of a nice Merry Christmas to everybody, right? Because there's no way that those are going to be just appreciated by those 30 people. I, I need hmm. to like point this approach to the Spartacus exchange people. Because Spartacus also has a really, really extremely dead and slow kink meme, and I want to re-feed it. So that's a really great approach, I think. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to, like, help the kink meme to stay more, you know, not as dead after that. But I just thought that's really nice, right? That's a very, like I said, that's a very Merry Christmas for a lot of people to say, hey, this prompt that we totally thought everyone had forgotten about, that somebody hung on to, they filled as part of this exchange, right? But yeah, I think it's interesting that there's just such a huge variety of gift exchanges that happen. 
Um, I will say that as much as I had some difficulty in running the exchange that I'm running, it was easier mm. than I expected it to be at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Not without its kind of challenges, but uh, it's interesting to me that, you know, anybody can come into AO3 and the tools are there, right? I think more than they've ever been previously, as you said, especially to run multi-fandom. So speaking mm. of, um, in a slight diversion, um, there are, especially on a DreamWorks um, journal called AO3SIM, I think there's an underscore between the three and the sum. There are a lot of people creating extra tools to get more out of AO3. And there are a few there that are really useful for exchanges. For example, when I talked about pinch hits earlier, there is a little bookmark that you can use in your browser where you press a button and you get someone's prompts all nicely formatted in a text window you can copy out. Um, and you can um, also get one that you press a button and you can have a list of all exchange submissions from the manage items page. Um, and there's another one you can press a button and um, uh, something that is showing up as mystery work suddenly becomes a clickable link if you're the moderator. Um, so people are taking what AO3 does and going, okay, this is great, but it's not perfect. And, you know, making a whole extra things. And that's awesome. And thank you, Flamebird, by the way, you're the best for making some of <laughs> these things for me and Kristen. Yeah, but. I mean, even on AO3, a lot of the gift exchange things, you get the sense that there's features coming down the road, right? Mm. That they're very conscious of, of when it works and when it doesn't work on the back yep. end. I mean, I know for me, automating the prompts didn't work for me. Mm. And it was because I didn't know enough about how to optimize those matches going in. Because mm. um, it was not that great about people's individual tags, additional tags kind of matching. <laughs> I found and and the messaging system like I've I've had to copy emails out to email people because when I click to send a message to somebody in the challenge it's not opening the window mm. so and, and when you read their FAQ too I mean that's why AO3 is still in beta mm. right eternally uh, because there's a lot of features that they they know need to be there that they're kind of always continually I think improving my biggest AO3 wish is the ability to subscribe to challenges, but like not year specific, but the main one. So like the Utah main one. So you get a notification when nominations open and things like that. So when there's mm-hmm. returning exchanges, you get like an automated AO3 um, challenge and exchange calendar. That, oh. that would be so cool because you, I have missed so many challenges, like signups by one day or two days that I see people talking about who I was just in time for the sign up and I was like no <laughs> it would also be nice to be able to mass message the participants outside of just when the challenge opens or you know when the assignments are due mm. because like with me having to send out the prompts twice it was really awkward because I had all these emails coming in from the, for the email on the page saying what's going on why did I get two prompts Versus it would have been nice to just be able to click one button and say, I have important information. I need to let everybody in the challenge know. Is there a way to do that without ha- having to be just at specific times yeah. of the challenge, right? Uh, so there's there's like functionality that could be added. But when you compare it to some of the challenges of doing things on LiveJournal or DreamWidth or I think other ways, I think AO3 is fantastic sure. for that kind of level of organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting that gift exchanges are really one of the things that they are the most set up for in the collections mm-hmm. area. Um, I, like they are, they have a prompt yep. section where you could set up even like a kink meme, but I don't think people are as familiar with that or seem to be doing that as much. They're still usually using DreamWidth, but for gift exchanges, I think AO3 has kind of locked <laughs> it up in terms of they've just got the best mm-hmm. system for it. So if somebody were thinking about participating in a challenge like Yuletide or another gift exchange, uh, what would you say to them to convince them to do it? What would you say the primary value is in terms of what you get out of it as a participant? For me, participating has been um, really great. About discovering fandoms and writers I would otherwise never have discovered, like Yuletide's I tend to visit my family um, for the holidays, so I have a lot of free time. And I tend to like read so many new canons and so many fic for things that I would otherwise have never read. Um, and also, there's a lot of like my childhood memories and 
things I used to love or still love, but have never figured that they could be a fandom. Like that this is something that I could share my fanishness about with other people. And that has been really the big gift for you, Tide, uh, for me. And that um, you can also be fanish with other people. And there is other people out there who are like writing amazing, amazing fic for books of my childhood and things like that. So for me, that's really the big fun of it. Um, but also making yourself write and appreciate for things that you normally don't necessarily give the time for because you think nobody will want to read it anyway. And when you spot like a request for something that you love and that apparently they love as well, it's so great to be able to write them something. So for me, that's really a big part of it. And then um, the modding is mostly, uh, I really like to be helpful. And um, it's the kind of work that I like to do. And like I said, being in the know is always fun. <laughs> and Morbane, what about you? Um, what would you say to anybody who's on the fence maybe about participating in any kind of a gift exchange? Like, what's the advantage there? Well, for me, it's just the right level outside my comfort zone to write. Like, um, for example, I find it really, really hard to write a story. If I've told someone specifically, I'm going to write the story, I will, I will totally write the story. Um, suddenly, it's like, oh, no, I can't. It's expected. But when you're signing up to a gift exchange and it's anonymous, you've got this thing of someone is counting on the story and there's a deadline, but no, but the recipient doesn't know you're writing the story and they don't know exactly what you're writing. So you've got this sort of drive of it's needed um, and it's going to be done by a certain time, but um, but not quite that level of expectation of like someone pointing their finger at you. Um, and... Yeah, other people's prompts are really inspiring, and I love having a little bit of um, constriction around, you know, someone asking for a kink I, I've never tried to write, or asking what if this really difficult, this thing, this big gap in canon, what happens there? Um, so, it, you know, it's a great way to start writing a story that doesn't just start within your own head. Um, so it can kind of feel almost collaborative with your recipient when they're going, mm-hmm. what about this? And you're going, well, maybe this. So that's really cool. And yeah, the, the knowing stuff is fun. It's kind of gossipy. Um, <laughs> like we try to be fairly polite and fairly sort of, you know, all our participants are signing up to have fun. Um, it's not the end of the world if um, someone mucks up something really. And there's a lot of rules to read. Um, but it is kind of sort of nice to sort of go, oh, okay, that's happening. That's happening. That's, oh, that person got matched to that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I'm a bit, I'm a bit indulgent that way, but, um, and that is a lot of fun because sometimes you can try and create a scenario or maybe in a small exchange where you go, oh, great, you know, that person got matched that, that's going to be so much fun. They're going to have a great time. And the other thing is, I don't think we discussed one of the things that tag mods and assistant mods do is we help make up questions when you're, when yes. you're an author and your recipient said, oh, um, I don't know. Like, incest is something I don't want to ever read about. And then they ask for two characters together and it, who are actually related. And you're going, what? You know, there's a conflict here. And so the author will often contact us and go, can you ask my recipient what they meant? Um, and we have to try and make up extra questions, which we're sort of okay at, um, to try and prevent the recipient from going, oh, this is the canon I'm getting. Um and try and keep things a little bit secretive. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's been a challenge for me, too, to have people email me and say, hey, you sent me this prompt, um, but I, I'm i having a hard time with what this author wants. So they've said to me, well, can you go back to them? Because I want to give them something good and see if they're committed to this exact thing, if there's other things I can do here to assist yeah. so I don't have to default because I don't feel I can write this. Or yeah. I've had people email me and just kind of say, hey, can you clarify with this person what they meant by this? Or, yeah. or is it okay if I write this as a friendship and not a relationship? <laughs> you know, like people, it's interesting to bridge that relationship for people and keep yeah. it on. Yeah, you're an arbitrator, you're a negotiator as well. And, um, you know, I think it's easier to do that if there's um, multiple prompts to start with, be they for the same fandom or not. Um, and like, we have the advantage that people request multiple fandoms, so you can also distract them 
with you know really out there questions with uh, their other fandoms and it's so fun to you know mess a little bit with people their heads um <laughs> yeah really <laughs> and I'm, I'm i'm i i want i really want to tell like which I think was the best distraction question I came up with this year, but I cannot do it because then, you know, they might, they might listen to this and they might know. So next year, you know, um, I will I think I know which one you mean, Pamela. I'm still so, oh, I'm still (laughs) evil laughter about it. I forgot that one of, I think, also the advantage is that because you're also getting a gift, you know, because... You, you could get a gift from someone you really admire or a, a great author you would have never have guessed was also a fan of your fandom. And that kind of puts the right amount of pressure on you to really do your best and give the best kind of gift that you're capable of. At least for me, it works that way, that because I'm getting something, I really, really want to make sure that the thing I'm giving is also really up to snuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had our minimum in the Daredevil challenge was a mm-hmm. thousand, and already there's fix coming in where I'm seeing like you know seven, eight thousand word counts, and I'm just like, well, people are really giving it in this <laughs> challenge. Like they really want to make the best thing that they can mm-hmm. for the other person. Um, and when I was matching the prompts, it was a joy for me. Like the first wave, I was really upset that people were so up- disappointed with their prompts. But when the second wave went out, and I had manually matched them, so I had really thought long and hard about every prompt that I assigned to each person I was extremely happy to see some of them just kind of on tumblr being like I am jumping for joy because I got such a great (laughs) second prompt right um and like wanting to do that for people right um to match like oh this person wants this kink and I know that this other writer really really is kinky and writes good stuff um to be able to do Mm. that is is super fun um, to 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 know that you're making this match, it, it is a little bit of playing matchmaker. <laughs> yeah, right? we don't really do that in your time because we can't, and it, it is harder in a lot of. In, and I don't even in jukebox, which has like forty people, but um, but yeah, it is it is kind of fun to see how it falls out, even in if you're not doing the hand matching. So I can only imagine how much more fun it is once you've worked on the hand matching and it comes out all right. Yeah, I was really, I was sitting there doing it and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to match people and I'm going to have like two people left and one of them is going to want absolute fluff and the other person is going to want hardcore BDSM and I'm going to be like, (laughs) what do I do with these two? I I was so, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to have exactly the right matches where somebody's not going to be disappointed, Mm. but I I really tried. I hope I got it right. Um, but it's it's interesting and it's going to be even more mm-hmm. fun to see the responses so to see the fix drop and then you know i imagine for yuletide there's a lot of on tumblr and ao3 the next day looking through the comments and some of the fix and seeing the squealing for joy mm-hmm. on a really good yeah. fill somebody got right um or the i can't believe such and such author filled this for me it's probably a lot of that that goes on after christmas yep and and you can and some people manage to make quite a few friends i've made Quite a few friends, mostly with people I've written for, but um, no, uh, and but people have written some lovely stuff for me as well. So that does often kind of lead to more contact, and often, yeah, you don't expect who it is, so that's pretty cool too. Yeah, I've mostly made friends during nominations, bizarrely <laughs> enough, um, and um, like when you're trying to organize yourself, um, um, because we haven't talked about that yet, but there's a huge community with Yuletide um, that wants to make sure that um, you know, all characters in a uh, specific canon that people want, because nominations are so limited, that you know they are all nominated, so people organize themselves, and it's a beautiful sight to see. And I've made a lot of connections um, when I post um, the fandoms that I will likely nominate, and then people are commenting, oh, I'm so glad that you nominated that, I wanted to do it too, and now I don't have to, mm-hmm. or other way around. And like this year, I nominated a fandom I had nominated a couple of years ago. And someone commented and was like, oh, yay, um, you're nominating this. And now I, I will nominate these characters. And I was like, hey, we had the same conversation three years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really like that part. Like um, discovering new people in your, in your fandoms is really great. And you already know that you have a lot in common. You love the same thing. You love the same characters, and you both finish people. So I think 
it's really easy to make friends with people who have those kind of things in common. Yeah, I, I think too, even the thematic ones probably also lend themselves really well to that because mm -hmm. like if I like tentacles and I'm in one fandom and there's not a lot of it being written, it could be really liberating to suddenly realize that like outside of my fandom, so many other people like tentacles, right? <laughs> or like so many other people like polyfic or whatever yeah. the theme is, right? Because um, certain kinks vary from fandom to fandom in terms of how big or small they are and yeah. when i mean we've had that happen on our kink meme like you get a pocket of people who really love a particular thing and when they discover each other it's like kismet you know when somebody feels a particular kink for somebody and then another person feels that same kink and three or four people realize hey we're all here and we love the same kink that's yeah. an extra level of bond right definitely sure um so the thematic ones would have a lot of value that way um but yeah i mean it's gift exchanges um are a ton of fun mm. uh they really are great and all about making those connections for sure mm. um and i'm so excited i'm so excited to see what i get filled in yuletide and oh. to work i still have to work on them <laughs> um <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm coming up on the deadline Oh, I'm so behind. I'm so behind. Yeah. <laughs> what What was interesting to me as a as a writer, um, and I've filled a couple of prompts for people before. Because when I ran the minor character fic fest, I ran, I offered me filling some prompts as a prize. I said, if you participate, I will. The winner, like we had a winner, and I was like, who was the person who won votes? Because I'm weird like that. Eh? <laughs> it was not a traditional challenge. I said, I will fill a prompt for the winner, uh. and I'd never done that before. And it's interesting to be that to be someone asked to fill a prompt for somebody like from the perspective of a writer, I want to make it my own, right? I want to make it distinctly. I wrote it, not anybody mm -hmm. wrote it. But at the same time, you're looking at the request and you want to make sure that that person who gets it is mm -hmm. really happy with it. So it's kind of a fine line to balance, especially when the prompts are a little yeah. more vague. Um, like when the prompts are just a couple sentences of kind of, well, I like mm -hmm. this pairing and go nuts. Then I think it, it's interesting as a writer to, like you said, to have mm. the constriction in place and to find out how to write in your style and be you with that mm -hmm. constriction in place and write yeah. something good. Um, so do you guys have maybe any final last thoughts that you want to share about gift exchanges, something we haven't brought up yet or something you just want to make sure clearly our listeners know we didn't mention, um, I think, a huge part of um, Yuletide is the community. Um, like Morbane said, um, she got into it because people were organizing and themselves. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. that is actually something that makes Yuletide special and not per se its size, but the fact that there's a specific um, Yuletide chat where there's people um, who... Um, will call themselves hippos and will help you find a beta reader without your recipient knowing that um, you are the one writing them a fic. So because there's such a high level of secrecy, there's also a really high level of organization and helping each other. And, um, you know, if you are like me and a lurker, it's really possible to um, spend two years not being part of the community and just doing your little thing. And that's definitely fun and if you are that kind of person then uh, who enjoys exchanges like that then um, you should definitely but there's also a lot of people who do all sort of extra things and um, I've definitely learned this year that those are great uh, way to participate with Yuletide and I think that um, definitely is what makes Yuletide so unique and I only know one sort of exchange that's sort of similar um but it's a big bang exchange um it's uh anti up by the losers um mm -hmm. for the losers fandom i don't know have you ever seen something from that exchange i haven't no honey no no it's okay. really great because um they do anti up and they they don't do the usual big bang exchange um like with a fan art person and a fic person they just like form teams around um somebody who has a writing id and then you just work together on it and so it's like teams of four or five people and um, there's even you know people doing crotcheting 
for um, the fact they were writing together. And I really love that concept. And I would wish that there would be more exchanges that are fandom specific that go out of outside of the Big Bang exchange mold and like do more community type things. And I think, you know, besides all the other things that I've mentioned today that I love about Yuletide, um, the community and the really, really surprising a lot of different ways that people do little extra things for Yuletide is what makes it so something that I keep doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a thought that is almost the opposite of that, and that is people <laughs> are sometimes actually kind of put off Yuletide because it's so big and because there are so many million pockets of tradition and etiquette. Uh, and yeah. So I guess what I'd say is you can do all that, but if that's putting you off doing an exchange or Yuletide, you know, you can just stick to the basics. It's great because you can choose your level of participation. You can not bother with nominations, not bother with um, anything but signing up, writing a story, commenting on your story, lurking, um, and that's okay. And all and there's so much that's optional. Um, and it's a good idea not to get too worried about exactly how you're writing, say, your prompts or exactly um, what the terminology um, that you don't understand means. I mean, if you don't understand something, it's good to ask, but it doesn't mean that you should just run away with your hands in the air. Um, <laughs> it's basically just, um, you know, take, I think that's my, my, my main thought. You know, that's interesting that you say that because I think that, yeah, there's the two extremes of fandom, right? Um, some people like to mm. come into fandom and just throw themselves into it and be super participatory and very social and they get really wrapped up and we've, we've talked about this on the show well <laughs> we either have or if the episodes haven't come out yet that we've already recorded we will about sometimes that's a great thing sometimes that makes you feel wonderful like you're part of a community mm -hmm. sometimes you can get so hung up on it mm -hmm. that when there's yep. negativity that creeps in or it, it when it just becomes overwhelming so it's not for everybody but then you have this other side of fandom where you can do what I did for many, many, many years, which is you can come in and you can read yeah. and you can write. And in the sense of challenges, you can sign up and you can fill for somebody, right? Um, so it's all to kind of what your level is. It's amazing that that community exists. But at the same time, I think anybody who participates in a gift exchange is welcome, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, what I mostly wanted to get across is that there are so many options in how mm. you want to participate. Mm. So not necessarily the level of, um, you know, you should do this and this and this and that, but just the fact that um, everybody can find their niche and their way of participating in Yuletide. And I really like that. Well, and Yuletide yeah. is also, I mean, there's so many fandoms that, like, I wasn't certain even if I was going to initially, because I was like, I don't know if I'm into the idea of enough small fandoms. I just like my one big fandom right now. But then my friend mm. was like, well, really think about all the things you love that you've never sought out fan fiction in that maybe you think it's not even there. Mm. And and the minute I realized that, like, when I actually looked through the list of Yuletide fandoms, I was like, oh, I would love to read a fanfic about that. Or I would love to read a fanfic about that, you mm. know, and I, I would love to write about this. So I think there's also something for everybody with Yuletide yeah. in the sense of finding the fandoms that you really are going to love seeing fic in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, if you make a list in the beginning of the year, things to possibly nominate for Yuletide, you come up with a lot during the year <laughs> of like small things that you have. Ah, oh, there's no fic for this. Why? You know, when you go to a movie or, or watch something old and... Um, and you check AR3 afterwards and there's only three fig, how disappointing that feeling is. Mm -hmm. I've written all of those feeling fandoms down this year and my list of nominations was so huge. I really had to like cut on it and make the hard decisions. I don't even look sometimes. I don't even think about fic in older fandoms. Like I love, you know, like Ghostbusters or I would love to read the Truman Show fanfiction <laughs> or something. Be so but great. I... I... But I know, right, that what fandoms are like. So I don't even look. I kind of resign myself to like, oh, there's no fic for those. I am checking. And now that speak. I've discovered, yeah, now that I've discovered Yuletide, though, like, I'm going to start being like, well, if I haven't seen it, I could. <laughs> nice. 
I'll, I'll nominate it in Yuletide. I'll start doing that because I, I think a lot of fans just assume certain fandoms are never going to have fic in them. And that's, that's the great thing that Yuletide does is to draw attention to fandoms that people would never expect there to be fic for. By the way, there is a 42k fic for The Truman Show. Yes, oh, wow. I actually, after, <laughs> I, I looked for that after I was talking to my friend about Yuletide because I said I did not think there would be anything and I would love to read a fic about what happens after he leaves the world yeah. of mm-hmm. the show. And I said, I would love to write that someday, but I don't think anyone would want to read it and I don't think anyone else would ever have thought to write it. And then I went and looked and sure enough, there it was. And it was wonderful. <laughs> So there is there is some. Um, it was not nominated for Yuletide this year. Next yeah, year I will should. nominate it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the joy of Yuletide, right? Is to promote that idea that all fandoms need to have their fic and there's some fandom out there that somebody is just hoping yeah. that there's something for. I mean, I, we should, I feel like we should probably mention that, you know, so many... <laughs> so, uh, I mean, fic is not the only way. Um, it's just Yuletide is super concentrated on fic, but... Uh, I don't know, I'm not into bidding much myself for um, gifts or so on, but sometimes it's just that the fandom skews to a different media, which is cool too. Yeah, I, I could foresee us within the Daredevil fandom having a very yeah. successful GIF exchange because there's so much gifting um, or yeah. fan mixes, right? Um, I used to participate not in a fandom thing, but back way before um, the internet was exploding with music, just when Napster was kind of new, I used to participate in online Mm -hmm. um, mixtape exchanges where at Christmas you would make like a mixtape or a mix CD and you would randomly put it in the mail and send it to the site and then randomly mail them back out. Um, And that's not as necessary now, but I could see fan mix exchanges being a thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I once participated in um, a reverse Big Bang for Spartacus. So um, it's like a Big Bang, but there's artwork first. And I really like that they were open for all kinds of artwork. And there were actually a lot of fan mixes in there. So then you would write fic for uh, a fan mix. And um, I still think that's my best fic I wrote for the Spartacus fandom. It was so really, it's so cool. Um, but of course, you have to be a little bit lucky that, you know, the kind of music speaks to you. But um yeah, I really think that um, there's a, still, you know, I think sometimes with exchanges, people follow, try to follow like um, a certain kind of structure because mm-hmm. they recognize it and so on. And I think um, um, it would be great if like people would step out of the box a little bit more. And I've been noticing that um, uh, there's more and more gift exchanges um, that um, are starting to offer um, different kinds of um, fandom productions, so like vids and uh, even mm. meta. And um, I really like that those kind of things are becoming optional um, as well, because not everybody want, wants to participate through fic. So thanks for listening, everyone. That's our show for this week. Um, A big thank you to anyone who sent us feedback or their thoughts on the show. Because we're starting to get more and more feedback as the show continues along, I'm actually going to start focusing on reading feedback out that's related to specific episodes to give everyone time to get their thoughts in and keep things a little more concise. So this week, our feedback will be on our warnings, triggers, and squick episode. Now, over on AO3, Rizuri wrote to us and said, I'm one of the ones the character death warning is for. I have absolutely no interest in reading about a character dying, and I want to avoid it, doesn't matter how they die, so it's nice to be able to do that via warning. But I mean, speaking of obscure tags, I've been triggered a lot recently by things even as simple as characters struggling for breath, or someone telling someone else to breathe in through your nose, and there's no way anyone would ever think to warn for that, or have to warn for that. So thank you for that feedback, Rizuri, because that goes into a point that we tried to make in the show, um, that it's important to warn, but that nobody can be a predictor of everything that really you would need a warning for. Good at being uncomfortable shared a story about their own struggle to warn appropriately. Um, They write um, on AO3, I've been going back and forth between using the archives rape and non-con warning on one of my fics, The rape doesn't actually occur within the body of the fic, but it's talked about extensively, so I chose to warn more specifically for it in the tags and set the warning as choose not to use archive warnings. 
Also, I don't even tag the fic with all warnings, because some things are only specific to a certain chapter, and it just feels like tag padding to include them, you know? But I also choose to include those specific warnings in the chapter notes instead. So thank you for that as well. I'm good at being uncomfortable because, again, that goes into things that we talked about, right? Of how you choose to warn or not warn. Um, and there's a lot of different perspectives on that. As well, if anyone is interested in it, the unbelievably smart and amazing fandom statistician known as Destination Toast actually created a data set for us where uh, they investigated some of the questions we raised in that episode, including why people most often use the dubious consent tag, which ships most often get the underage tag, and which warnings on AO3 are associated with high kudos from readers. So thank you so much to them because you can uh, really see that conversation happening. So it's wonderful to have inspired that kind of research and that kind of um, follow-up. And you can find a link to that on our Tumblr. Their stuff is great, and I would really recommend that everybody check it out. Now, on the topic of the Tumblr, we have actually heard some of your complaints about the site. Uh, we got some complaints that it was a little hard to read, so we're working to make it more easily navigable and organize the tags and make it look a little bit better. Um, every week, remember that we do share additional content there. So, for example, on the subject of warnings, triggers, and squick, we also shared an article on the history of trigger warnings on the internet. And we always also share our contributor bios and our fic recs. Uh, this week, it'll be the place to find information about some of the gift exchanges mentioned in the show, as well as resources for running challenges, if that's something that you're interested in. I want to thank Pamela Luke and Morbane again for contributing, and the Yuletide admin for putting me in touch with them. And as always, thanks to Peter Tchaikovsky, otherwise known as Rock Paper Cynic, for our theme song and our logo. If you want to know when a new episode of our show is available, it's every other Tuesday. You can subscribe in iTunes or from within AO3. And I will let you all know that all I want for the holidays this year is iTunes reviews. It would make me believe in Santa again, you guys. So please, if you're able to uh, let people on iTunes and in the iTunes store know how great our show is, direct them to it through a review, that would be wonderful. We're also available on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Twitter, so please come check us out. And as always... Your kink is not my kink, and that's okay, so long as I don't get assigned it in the gift exchange. Happy holidays, everybody.